Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. You do not have to go to see a psychic to tell you what's going to happen in 10 years. I'll tell you what's going to happen in 10 years. Look at what you're doing now, okay? That's going to tell you what you're going to be tomorrow. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And with me, as usual, is my co-host and sister, Maria Parker. Welcome. Hello, Maria. Thank you, Kelly. I'm so delighted to be here and excited for this interview today. Yes, we're going to introduce him, but he's right there with us. So we just want to say welcome, Nordine. Hello. Welcome, Nordine. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, yes. So today, listeners, you need to tune in and stay with us if you want to learn about inner fitness, overcoming anxiety, building self-worth. We have an expert with us, Nordine Zwareg. He is a two-time Mr. Universe. He's the author of three books. And the book I just mentioned, Inner Fitness, is really going to help all of us. So Nordine definitely knows something about overcoming obstacles. Maria, can you share a little bit more with us? Sure, Kelly. We'll get him to tell us more, but the outlines are Nordine was born to a 15-year-old mother in the back of a truck in the Algerian desert. The obstacles don't get any bigger than that. He was just two pounds and suffered lots of health problems throughout his young life. And at the age of 19, he was just skin and bones when he decided he was going to become a gymnast. And that actually led to an incredibly successful career as a bodybuilder, which has inspired him to help people improve their lives by addressing the quality of their mental state. So we're so glad to welcome you, Nordine. Thank you for coming and being with us at Champions Mojo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I want to just jump off right here and have you explain to us, Nordine, what does inner fitness mean to you and to these wonderful listeners we have that are trying to become champions? Yeah. You know, I, so if this is a so important question, and specifically because the times we're living in, this year and a half, almost two years, have depleted people, mm. okay? And when I say that, it depleted them from energy, the mental, the emotional, physical, and spiritual. Mm. They were not working out. They're not eating properly. They were um, af- afraid, anxious, um, afraid of the unknown. Everything went off balance, so to speak. And that led to what I call inner conflict, the opposite of inner fitness. Inner fitness, simply the harmony or the equilibrium between the emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual aspect of oneself. When you have that in equilibrium, you have inner fitness. Beautiful, beautiful. So um, one of the things that I know I'm drawn to, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners is the part about anxiety. Mm -hmm. So um, what are some things that you could tell us about anxiety and how we could benefit from this inner fitness regarding getting, you know, getting this anxiety out of our system? 
That's a, another great question. And I must warn your listeners that I am in no mean a mental health professional. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist. I am a wellness coach that gives me the ability to help people that are not feeling well. When you're not feeling well, then you may have anxieties. They may be chronic. They just they may be just passing by, right? Anxieties, for me, it's something that I have been experiencing on and off for, I think, maybe an early age of eight. I've been through so much um, challenges, so much tribulation, the beating uh, by bullies and teachers, and, and it will take... Um, 10 podcasts to talk about this. Anxiety for me, I have two ways to explain that. I have the logical way, the mainstream way, and the spiritual answer. So let me start with the spiritual answer. Why do we do, do we have anxieties in the first place? Perhaps we are not doing the things that we need to be doing that are conducive to our health and well-being. Perhaps we're not doing the things that are conducive to our health and well-being. So our guiding system, our natural guiding system, the one that makes us feel good or bad is telling us, hey, be careful. What you're doing right now or what you're thinking is not conducive to your health and well-being and the health and well-being of people around you. That is the spiritual answer. Now, the mainstream answer, anxiety is the doomsday, the uncertainty, uh, the, the, the fear of the tomorrow, um, and it comes with a slew of physical symptoms that if we are not able to manage, can ruin our lives. In other words, um, I've seen so many of my clients that came to see me because they were riddled by, and, and, and frankly, paralyzed by anxiety to the point that they were spending hours, some days on the internet, on forums, to find out what was going on with them. Why did they feel the way they felt? Why did they have a rapid heartbeat? Why did they have skinny or, or, or a rush and, 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 and skin rush? Uh, uh, and, and there are like, listen, the physical symptoms of anxiety resembles almost all illnesses. And you can actually manifest them instantly. That's what anxiety is. And it can be problematic. Hence, stop you from reaching your goals. Stop you from um, meeting people that are there to help you. Stop you from uh, starting a, a new career that is what you need. Uh, when I had anxieties, there are moments where 
I would stay home and would literally, literally get on the computer and study each symptom. You tell me if that is not crazy. Well, that's anxiety. You've done a beautiful job describing anxiety. Kelly, I know, is thinking, I know. yes, like, yes. Okay, <laughs> maybe that's why I have itchy skin. So what's that the answer? Beautiful. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, well, the spiritual, I, I'm hearing the spiritual is you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And the mainstream is that you, one is just stuck in the, the media of what's next. It's all bad. You're kind of stuck in that loop. Wow. Exactly. And the stigma guys, the stigma is that it's, it's presented to you as an illness. Okay. Mm. Uh, and I don't see anxiety as an illness. Uh, I see it more of a, you know, the, the symptoms, I call them sensations. You know, you have those sensations, uh, you know, and it's proven, you know, and you, listen, we all have teenagers that went through that and they, they're complaining about, um, you know, being afraid of dying of cancer, being afraid of, you know, palpitation. You, you landed um, at the emergency room with them so many times only uh, for the doctor to tell you that it was just anxiety. It was just anxiety. There's nothing that is happening organically to you. It's not fatal. You cannot die from anxiety. And so when you know that you can't die from anxiety, you have a sense of relief, immediate relief. Okay, Because in the first place, there's this big, huge monster fear, which is the fear of death. Then all the subcategories, okay, fear of this, fear of that, fear of this, fear of that. Now, if you understand that anxiety is not going to kill you, then you eliminate that fear and all the other fears. But that only lasts a few seconds, few minutes. So it's a process of repetition, remembering that when you feel the way you feel, you feel anxiety, try to just push it away by, push it away by um, diverting your thoughts, distracting yourself with a passion, okay? Find something you like to do and build that into a skill, master that skill, and that becomes your passion. And when you are busy doing the good things, Okay, when your mind is busy creating good things, your mind is not busy creating bad things. That's so true. <laughs> how does one how does one find that uh, passion? Okay, so you know you can go to any seminars with uh, incredible motivational gurus saying, "Go and find your passion." Okay, that's good. That's beautiful. But when you go home, you crash. It's not <laughs> like you can go to a supermarket and buy a pack of 12. No, that's really true. You know, they don't sell it. <laughs> yeah. And no one is telling you how to find that passion. Passion is born first being a, an activity. That's how it's born, an activity that you like. So you take a list and write down. Make a list of the things that you like to do and try them and pick the one that you love to do. 
when you love those, you take them to the top to make them, master them, and then one of them or two of them or three of them are going to become your passion. So give us an example in your life, because you said that anxiety was a big part of your life. Oh, yes. yes. So tell us how you use this technique for yourself. So you, so you have this kid that is riddled with anxiety, that is almost on a regular daily basis beaten by school teachers, by schoolmates, living in an extremely racist country that is France. And that kid has a ritual. Every time he goes back home, he doesn't share what happened to him because he's afraid. So he goes within himself and starts crying. Okay. Cry, cry, cry until everything evaporates, until everything leave this child. And that is me. This is the routine I've done when I went through turmoil, through challenges, particularly those days uh, where I experienced bullies. One day, I think it was when I was 19 years old, I went home and I was ready to go to my room, which I was uh, sharing with seven other uh, of my siblings. And I would sit on the bed and I would just meditate. That was my routine. That crying, I learned later that it was meditation. Hmm. And then that day, I went in through my back. I was about to go to my room and I saw my siblings watching a program. And I saw this gymnast, Olympic champion, Russian Olympic champion, doing the Iron Cross. And I saw this incredible, beautiful, chiseled body. And deep down, I felt compelled to ask this question. Why can't I be like that? And I immediately fail, felt, I immediately felt this incredible feeling followed by an answer, which was, you can. From that, I anchored that picture of that gymnast into my subconscious brain. You know how when, if you want to reach a goal, you have to be doing the things you need to be doing and repeat them over and over and over. Same with the thoughts. If you want to change your thoughts from positive to negative, you have to repeat, repeat what you're doing so it becomes an automatic process. Well, when you have an anchor, when you anchor it in the subconscious mind, you bypass, you override all that work. Okay. And all you got is that, you know, that picture in your brain, anchored in your brain. And all of a sudden, you're not looking for the how because you know the what. You know what you want. When you know what you want, you can get it. If you don't know what you want, you won't, you won't get it. Likewise, if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. So I had this picture. I, I had the direction, you know, the, 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 the destination. I needed to create a plan. And that's how I started going to 
a gymnastic gym naturally it's a gymnast so i'm going to go to a gymnast club and that's how i started so to answer your question i am sure that you guys fell in love before many times over right yeah. when you're in love you do anything it takes to get either the person you love or the thing you love you, you, it becomes effortless. The work becomes effortless. You know, uh, I personally became stupid when uh, I, I fell in love with a, a woman that lived in New Zealand. I went to New Zealand twice from Paris, right? <laughs> so what I'm saying here is that love, when you anchor, so I fell in love with that gymnast, okay? When I fell in love with that picture, it made it so much easier for me to do what needed to be done to get there. Make sense? Yeah, that's great. So, first, so to answer the question, the listeners that are listening right now uh, maybe scratching their heads and, well, you know, uh, you, you fall in love. What if you don't fall in love with uh, something, a passion? Well, like I said earlier, the passion is not there until you develop it. So, you know, there's a beautiful saying from a, a friend of mine, John Asraf, that says, um, do more of what you love, less of what you tolerate, and none of what you hate. Hmm. So I did more of what I loved. In order to become like that gymnast, I had to go to the gym. I had to be disciplined. I had to have willpower. I had to have courage. And all of these things, they come after you have fallen in love with that, which becomes your passion. Oh, I think that's, that, that that's just such gold. More of what you love, less of what you tolerate, and none of what you hate. And I think that is so key in our days. You know, if you're constantly combing the internet, that's not really what any of us love. If you're listening to negative news, we don't need any of that, you know? So I feel like people can find what they love if they do more of what they love. I, I think that is just beautiful. I, I would love to, you know, people are, are saying, well, it, you know, every day you went to the gym, you know, you, you had rickets, you know, as a child, you were very thin and very ill. Mm -hmm. um, from, from our reading and, um, and, but, you know, surely you had obstacles, you know, in that yeah. passion that you had uh, in that love affair that you developed with bodybuilding and with gymnastics and then bodybuilding, you know, what, what happened along the way when like in our real love affairs with our husbands and wives, and, you know, we some days wake up and say, I don't like you today, <laughs> but I, I still love you. I mean, how, how do you, how do you get through the hard times, even as, I mean, I, I think it's beautiful, but how do you get through the nitty gritty hard times? Um, yeah, the hard times. Awesome. Let's talk about hard times. You know, when a missile is launched, it, it has a target program, right? It knows where it's going. Just because we don't see it in the sky, it doesn't mean that it's not going through turbulence. Mm. Those turbulence are the hardship, the challenges. So what does the missile do when it's going to 
hard, difficult weather. It's moving, right? Just like this. How does it know to get to the target? Because it's programmed. So you have to program your mind. You have to develop that, have that picture of what you want in your life. Like I said, if you don't know what you want, if you spend your days on the internet, numbing your brain, okay, you're not going to get anywhere. You do not have to go to see a psychic to tell you what's going to happen in 10 years. I'll tell you what's going to happen in 10 years. Look at what you're doing now, okay? That's going to tell you what you're going to be tomorrow. There's a wonderful quote by the Dalai Lama who says, if you want to know what you've been doing in the past, look at your body now. If you want to know what you're going to be doing in the future, look at your thoughts now. So I tell Mike, listen, I have two teenagers and they're teenagers. And I am so glad I can teach them what I know. So when I see them confined on this couch, on this couch for hours on their phone, I just say, what do you want, honey? And they'll tell me. And I'll say, what if I tell you that you won't get it? What do you mean? If you look at your behavior right now and you start understanding that you have just spent three hours doing nothing, that's not going to take you anywhere. So the object of your desire, forget about it. You understand that? If you want to know what you're going to be doing tomorrow, look at your thoughts now and look what, you, what you're doing. That's going to tell you what you're going to be doing tomorrow or who you're going to be tomorrow. So that in itself explains the dynamic of that, this hard time. We all go through hard time. We all go. Hence, it's guaranteed. Okay? You, you must expect it. But when you have your eyes on the prize, huh, you are unstoppable. When you have your eyes on the prize, you are unstoppable. That's, that is beautiful and, and so true. I, again, I'd love to hear, a, I mean, we know you started out to become a gymnast and somewhere along the way, you switched to bodybuilding. So you had this beautiful image in your mind of a man doing the Iron Cross and that was your passion and that was your, your programming, right? Um, mm-hmm. But somewhere along the way, your programming changed a little bit. So, you know, tell us about that. And because that's happening to me too, you know, I, sure. I set my mind on something, but then it changes. And I think where I'm going is better. The new, the new vision is better, but I want to, I want to understand how that worked for you. So listen, I talk about uh, uh, Wayne Johnson, uh, the rock in my book, when he's a uh, uh, dream was always to be an NFL yeah. um, player. And then they pushed him uh, and he says, you know, I ended up doing something that I never thought I was going to be doing, you know, and th- that turned out to be his passion now. And so for me, it was almost the same thing. Um, when I started gymnastic, I was so passionate about it. But you remember, I was a skinny kid and I was born, like you said, two pounds, you know, uh, and a 19 year old, I, I weighed 108 pounds. All my sisters were bigger than me. Uh, they described me as having a bigger head than a body. So, uh, you know, I, I looked like an alien. So anyway, so 
you know, when you have that and you have low self-esteem, um, you know, it's like you're walking, you know, around with a, uh, a board that says, oh, you can beat me up. You know, that's energy that you are projecting. So uh, when I started gymnastic, you know, I was so afraid that I would just do the warm-up exercises in, in a corner alone. I didn't have that team spirit and because I was afraid. So one thing led to another. In competition, I broke my wrist. And I tried once to compete, and that was the result. And not only that, but I was blamed um, uh, because the total of the score uh, also included my score. And they came in second instead of first, and they blamed me for not winning. So anyway, that uh, was a challenge in itself. And I was uh, my coach recommended that I'd go to uh, put some meat on me. That's what he said. Put some meat on you. So I went back home and went right back into that room, cried again. Right. And then I realized that maybe it was not the appropriate plan. Maybe I needed to switch plan. And so I decided to go to a gym. And now remember, when I said the Olympic uh, gymnast was sort of a mentor to me, even though I never met him, right? So there you had a mentor and it sort of taught you how to get to the top, right? Except that mountain, I wasn't, be, I wasn't able to climb to the top because I was not made for it. So there was another mountain waiting for me to climb it. See, life is a series, a journey full of mountains to climb. And I think that when there's no more mountain to climb, that's when we transition to another uh, world. But as long as you have those mountains to climb, you're fine. And how do you succeed in, mount in climbing those mountains? There's always, always someone at the bottom that have been there that is waiting for you to ask the right question. There's always somewhere at the bottom of the mountain is waiting for you to ask how to climb and get to the top. So to answer your question, when I went to visit this gym, uh, I took a bus, I was broke. Um, and I got there and I saw this guy doing bench press. I was at the door and he's huge. And he puts the, the bar back on the rack and stands up as he stands up and, and, and prepares to come towards me to, to greet me. He looked bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> I was terrified. I ran away. <laughs> so I went back home, cried again. And I said, no, I can't do this. I gotta go, I have to go. So except the next day he went around me and put his big hand on my shoulder. Um, and I, can you see me guys? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he said, um, why young man, why are you running away? I said, uh, I'm not running away, sir. He said, yes, you are running away. Stop running away from your life. And he said, do you want to work out? I said, yes, how much? And he said, nothing. He gave me a one year free. Wow. wow. 
That's how my journey to climb the mountain of bodybuilding started. Michel Dermot was that man who initially helped me. Now, of course, there were other mountains where I had a mentor down there, someone who already climbed that mountain, who was waiting for me to ask the right questions. How do I get there, sir or ma'am? You know, how does it feel to get there? When I am not, uh, when I don't have the drive or the inspiration, what should I do? They'll tell you. They will tell you. That's fantastic. So if you were going to say one thing that people could do coming out of the pandemic, so they, they, they want a mountain that they are going to climb. What would be one or two of the very first things to do to get that mountain? I think the key here is inspiration, okay? How one gets inspired to go and do the things that one needs to be doing, okay? And Notice in the word inspiration, there's this, the word spirit, okay? They need to make sure that they understand this truth, this truth. As long as you have breath, as long as you have breath, as long as you are alive, there is no riches in the world that are going to be better than your self-worth. As long as you connect to that self-worth, which is your life, your breath. Listen, I've worked with billionaires. I've worked with celebrities. I've worked with so many people. They're just human beings with challenges like we do, like we have. Okay? And so when you remind someone that they have already won the greatest battle ever fought in the womb of their mom. They have won the biggest competition against 500 million sperm and they won, <laughs> they won life. They won life, you won life, I won life, the Pope won life, Donald Trump won life, the King won life, their next door neighbor and that man who is sleeping on the paper in the street has one life. We all have new opportunities every single day when we are presented with life, with self-worth. Self-worth indicates that you are not superior or inferior than anyone. You're just different. If we understood the, this truth, if we understood that we are not superior, we are not inferior, but just different, we would be living in a much different world. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, so the self-worth piece, which is what we loaded the intro with, of anxiety and self-worth. So being realizing that we have one life and in, and when you're saying one life, 
you're saying O-N-E or are you saying W-O-N? Both. (laughs) (laughs) One life. One, the journey that would lead us to a better self, a better me. Okay, and when I say a better me, it doesn't mean if you want to have a yacht and a, a private plane, go for it. But I am very content and happy with who I am. I don't need a reason to be happy. I am happy as happiness is a state of being, not a state of mind. A state of being, not a state of mind. People confuse happiness with contentment, fulfillment, achievement. No, no. If that's what you want, perfect. As long as you know that you're a happy person, day in and day out, that you need no reason to be happy. Listen, I don't think anxiety has a home to enter. Wow. 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 Maria, um, I, we could talk with you all day. I really, um, do you have any space in your coaching calendar? Yeah, I'm creating a tribe called the Nordine Inner Fitness Tribe, which I'm launching in a couple of weeks. And that's where, where we have an ongoing discussion. So people join the tribe and I talk to them once a month. And we ascend a, a subject matter, a choice of three subject matter people choose. And that's what we talk about. But yes, I, I uh, listen, I'm here to help because the world gave me so much. The universe, God gave me so much. And, you know, I don't keep it in. You know, there's a saying by a friend of mine, Joe Polish, that says, life gives to the givers and takes from the takers. I think I'm more of a giver. I'm sure you are. So true. So true. So, um, yeah, so we need to, we need to put that information in the show notes because I could do much, much more of you. I'd like to join your tribe. Maria, want to ask the last question so we can stay on our timeline here. Sure. Uh, is there anything that, that we haven't asked you that you'd like to tell our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have been we have been challenged. A year and a half, two years by our own self. I'm not talking about the pandemic. I'm not talking about political landscape. I'm talking about how we reacted to these. It's not about what happened to you that matters. It's how you handle it, how you react to it. And I think that if we start gathering evidence and facts about any, anything that is bombarded, you know, thrown at us, if we can take the time to gather evidence and facts, I think we'll have a better life instead of reacting to whatever's happening. Or whatever's being thrown at you. <laughs> or whatever is being thrown at you. Right. Because... That's wonderful. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love awesome. that piece of advice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Nordine, this has been just 
it's way exceeded my expectations. I'm <laughs> oh, sure our you. listeners are going thank to you so be. You're so inspirational. Yeah. Oh, so inspirational. It's just. Oh, just, no, thank yeah. you. You guys are so kind, you know, and l- let me tell you, you are the ones who are making this happen, by the way. So well, you're doing the work. Thank you. Thank you. Well, wonderful to have you here. So um, we will put all the information in order to hear more of Nordine and his book in the show notes. And um, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. And be you. Just be happy and stay happy. Thank you, Nordine. It's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now, the takeaways. Well, Maria, Nordine Zwareg, two-time Mr. Universe author, but what a philosopher. And I, I just, there was so much there. We kind of have gone to doing one takeaway for time, but I've got to do two. And I think you have two as well, yeah. because there was just so much. The first one that I really connected to, obviously, is when one has anxiety, you're doing something that is... Um, you know, you're, you're Mr. Googling things instead of really (laughs) like following your passion. So you can get off your anxiety if you will just follow your passion. And how does one find that passion is my second thing, which is to, I, I loved it was do more of what you love, less of what you tolerate and none of what you hate. So I just, it was really phenomenal for me. How about you? Yeah, I, I loved it too. And I thought, you know, it's interesting. His description of anxiety was so accurate and so perfect. And um, I know it really resonated with you. And I have seen, I mean, you may not have um, spoken it, but I've seen you use his, his techniques to deal with your anxieties in terms of finding your passion and pursuing your passion. But um, so I thought, uh, yeah, I love, I love that. Um, I, I just, <laughs> I just want to say that his desire to help people because he, was, has been given so much, just, you know, it was just so beautiful. Um, and I, you know, he said many things that, that really resonated with me. Sometimes I was just speechless, but one of the things that I liked early in the conversation was this concept of an anchor, which I have used and I coach, but, but he, he described it so beautifully with the Russian, uh, doing the iron cross and seeing the picture and that picture was indelibly, ingrained in his mind and he was able, he was programmed to walk and or to go in that direction. So I think having a strong for him visual, for me, it might be visual or it might even be, you know, smells or whatever, to have a strong anchor as you go towards your goals is so important. I'm going to use that more with myself and with my clients. And then the second thing that I just loved, and this is true too, um, that at, at the base of every mountain that you want to climb, there's somebody there willing to help you. There's a mentor. And I mean, that has been my experience as well. Sometimes I'm afraid like he was, but usually, you know, there's somebody there who's going to help me. I mean, you have been that in my life a lot. And then many other people have come in and said, oh yeah, you can do this and here's how you do it. And, and here, I want to give you a leg up and help you. So I, I just, I thought those were 
it was an incredible interview. Be sure to listen to the whole thing. Oh yeah, Maria and I. I could see you being speechless during yeah. Yeah. a lot of like. <laughs> I was, I, there were there were more silences in that show because I think both of us were like, okay, we don't want to interrupt him. We want to yeah. really hear what he's saying, right. and um, and and it was wonderful. And Maria, you've been the person at the bottom of many of my mountains. Yeah. One of the ones was I had no idea how I was going to get through breast cancer surgery, even to the point was, remember when I was talking about not even doing it, I was yeah. like, no, I'm not going to get the lump out. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I'm not going to get cancer out of my body because I'm afraid of surgery. And you're like, I'm getting my butt down there. You drove 14 hours and you were at the house the next day. You're like, you're going into surgery and you held my hand and you were that person at the bottom of the mountain, Marie, and I just Kelly. love you so much. I so. love you too. I love you yeah. too. And I but mean, there I think, is, you know, when you, when you, and life has been good to us too, both of us and, yeah. and this desire to help people. And it's just a reminder that to be that person for as many people as I can. I love the way he, he described that. I'm not even sure that yeah. I made the recording, but yeah. 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 All right. Love you, baby. Love you too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Nordine Zwadeg. Inner fitness is simply the harmony or the equilibrium between the emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual aspect of oneself. When you have that in equilibrium, you have inner fitness. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cabra Media, and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.